97.1 FM, The Drive presents the Behind the Song podcast, taking you deeper into classic rock's most timeless tunes. Here's your host, Janda. In this episode of Behind the Song, let's take a closer look at the lyrics of Where the Streets Have No Name, the opening track on 1987's classic album by U2, The Joshua Tree. It's a song that seems so familiar to us now, more than 30 years after the first time we heard the opening organ and the first strains of the Edge's bright guitar get louder and louder, almost as if truly blown by the wind, as the song lyrically suggests. It's familiar now, the driving, almost militaristic beat provided by Larry Mullen Jr. on drums, paired with the thumping bass of Adam Clayton, louder and louder until the unforgettable vocal from Bono pierces the air when he sings. I want to run. I want to hide. I want to tear down the walls that hold me inside. I want to reach out and touch the flame where the streets have no name. We've heard this song and the Joshua Tree album so many times since this band of Irishmen delivered it to the world, birthed it, they have said that it's easy to forget how utterly different the song and the album sounded when it first came out. How different from the rest of the musical landscape it really was, and how arresting it felt when we heard this music, saw the videos created for the songs, and looked through the striking pictures of the band taken by the photographer Anton Corbin with that lone Joshua tree scraggling up from the rocks and dirt of the California desert. In those pictures, the band themselves looked as if they were planted there, tough enough, like the Joshua Tree, to survive the brutal landscape, the heat and the foreign sun, and the surprising cold that penetrates everything the second that sun goes down over those craggy desert mountains. And this album, U2's fifth, was them reaching the top of a mountain in so many ways, in their careers and in their spiritual essence. Formed in their native Dublin in 1976, the band were disciples of British new wave bands, particularly Joy Division, whose influence can be heard in much of their early albums and even on The Joshua Tree, in the jangling, frenetic energy of the songs. Bono has said that it was one of the great thrills of his life to light a cigarette up for Ian Curtis, Joy Division's late frontman, who died of suicide in 1980 at age 23, the same year that U2 released their debut album, Boy. But while Joy Division's music was rooted in the depressive alienation of the epileptic Curtis, U2 began to reach for exaltation, lyrically and musically. The band drew on their reaction to some of the same things in the early days that other bands in their stream, like The Clash and The Jam, railed against. Margaret Thatcher's oppressive nationalistic rule in Britain, the workers' rights movement in Poland, which is the subject of New Year's Day, the killing of Irish civilians in the Bogside Massacre of 1972 during a protest march, the subject of Sunday Bloody Sunday, and more of their iconic early work was political and social. And there are certainly songs on the Joshua Tree that fall under that umbrella as well. Bullet the Blue Sky was written after Bono visited Nicaragua and El Salvador and witnessed how local people were treated during military intervention by the U.S. But the three opening tracks on the Joshua Tree, Where the Streets Have No Name, 
I still haven't found what I'm looking for, and With or Without You are spiritual songs seeking internal meaning and connection, love, and yes, even God. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And on that note, it's important to trace back to U2's origins. The band formed as teenagers after Larry Mullen Jr. tagged a note looking for band members at the school they all went to in Dublin in the 1970s, during a time in Ireland known as the Troubles, a kind of war in which Northern Ireland, Belfast, its largest city, and the rest of Ireland were embroiled in a battle regarding, among other things, whether you were Protestant or Catholic, discrimination against each depending on which part of the country you were in and, in some cases, which neighborhood, and largely whether or not Northern Ireland would remain a part of the United Kingdom. It was a time of unrest and violence of the Irish Republican Army, the IRA, seeking to end British rule and the clashes that would ensue between the establishment and paramilitary factions like the IRA. A heated, emotional period that still resonates in Ireland to this day. Against this landscape, the members of U2 were unique in that they were a kind of religious melting pot. Bono's mother was Protestant, while his father was Catholic. Both The Edge and Adam Clayton came from Protestant families, and Larry Mullen Jr. grew up Irish Catholic. So, coming from a place like Dublin, and seeing what was happening in the northern part of their country, and given that they were a band made up of both Protestant and Catholic boys in the midst of the Troubles, they began to see organized religion as being less beneficial than true spirituality, a closeness to God lacking in the militaristic foot-soldiering of the Troubles. And another thing happened in the years between releasing Boy in 1980 and releasing The Joshua Tree in 1987. U2 fell in love with America. Now, this is a phenomenon that also happened with the Rolling Stones and Led Zeppelin, a kind of British delight in the wide expanse and variety of America, of people they met in American cities and towns. By the time they began recording The Joshua Tree in 1986, the band had also become successful. They played Live Aid in 85 and had been working with humanitarian organizations like Amnesty International, work that they've expanded on through the years. But up until shortly before recording this album, Bono said that he felt he didn't really know American music, the blues and R&B songs that helped shape so much of early rock and roll, period. And that he was actually schooled on some of this work by none other than Keith Richards, Bob Dylan, and fellow Irishman Van Morrison, 
disciples of the American blues who encouraged him to listen to it and to American gospel music too. And he came to know the struggles of America. Pride in the Name of Love from the Unforgettable Fire album is his tribute to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Bono and the band took everything that they knew of the world up to that point, from the troubles in Ireland, their own spiritual beliefs and personal relationships, what they saw in South America and elsewhere, and a newfound love with an almost mythical America, and distilled it all into an album that arrested us with its sonic rightness, its beauty and its richness, and its message. It's important to note that the lyrics of Where the Streets Have No Name are said by Bono to be incomplete and with embarrassing couplets, which I and most fans would disagree with. One of the great things about these lyrics is that they allow the listener to complete certain thoughts for ourselves. The kernel of the idea for the lyrics began based on the fact that in Belfast, Northern Ireland, you could tell whether a person was Catholic or Protestant or rich or poor simply by which street they lived on, up or down the hill, one way or the other. Bono's idea was to contrast that with a place in which street names don't exist, or any rich or poor, Protestant, Catholic, or any other label or title, where all beings coexist in harmony, a place quite like heaven. When the lyrics join the music, I think he painted the picture very well. I want to run. I want to hide. I want to tear down the walls that hold me inside. I want to reach out and touch the flame where the streets have no name. I want to feel sunlight on my face. I see that dust cloud disappear without a trace. I want to take shelter from the poison rain where the streets have no name. We're still building and then burning down love. And when I go there, I go there with you. It's all I can do. This is a song about surrender. Surrendering walls for sunlight, titles for a wholesome spirit, dust for clean air, strife for love, and so on. And it goes on. The city's a flood, and our love turns to rust. We're beaten and blown by the wind, trampled in dust. I'll show you a place high on a desert plain where the streets have no name. We're still building and then burning down love. When I go there, I go there with you. It's all I can do. Bono wrote these lyrics on a plane after visiting Ethiopia with his wife, Allie, who he met as a teenager and remains married to. He saw many of the same issues there as in Belfast, a divide between haves and have-nots, and began scratching out the lyrics on an air sickness bag about a place where the divisions between us don't matter anymore, and there is no famine, sickness, class, or rank in society. Where the Streets Have No Name is a song about taking refuge from the world, its pains, its troubles, in something deeper and kinder. You could put this song and Bob Dylan's Shelter from the Storm in the same vein. Songs that present the idea that the world has problems built on top of problems, but that the human spirit, in its best light, burns divine. And that goodness can be shared, no matter what street you live on. 
I said that the band called this song and the Joshua Tree album a birth. And everyone who worked on this particular song certainly went through a kind of labor pain to produce it. The Edge first recorded the outline of the song on a four-track recorder and brought it to the studio for the rest of the band to hear. There are so many weird time changes, echo effects, impossible patterns, and rhythmic couplings in Where the Streets Have No Name that it almost was destroyed. Brian Eno, who co-produced it with Daniel Lanois, was physically stopped from scrapping all of what he called the screwdriver takes, painstakingly recorded in parts and pieces by Flood and fellow engineer Pat McCarthy, because Eno was so frustrated with it, and in a fit of almost madness, decided that it would be better just to start the whole thing fresh. The story goes that Pat McCarthy caught Eno attempting to erase the takes when he came into the control room at Windmill Lane Studios in Dublin with a tray of tea. And then seeing that, spilled the entire tray on the floor in his effort to get Eno to stop what he was doing. Over 40% of the total studio time spent on the Joshua Tree album was spent on getting this song completed. Steve Lillywhite, a longtime collaborator with U2, mixed the song finally in the final months of the Joshua Tree recording sessions. Larry Mullen Jr. has said of the song that it only finally became truly great when they started playing it live. And it has been a staple of U2 live shows in the decades since it was released, a fan favorite at concerts. And the video for this song is iconic. The band was filmed playing it at a surprise set on the roof of a liquor store on the corner of 7th and Main Streets in downtown Los Angeles a few months before the Joshua Tree album was released, an event that resulted in fans scrambling to the area to see it. Now, at that time, in 1987, downtown Los Angeles was such a rough no-man's land that radio DJs who were announcing the show as it unfolded were told by management to offer a disclaimer to be careful about going downtown in order to avoid liability issues. It wasn't the first time that something like that had been done, of course. The Beatles famously performed for the last time live on the rooftop of Apple Corps headquarters in London in 1969 to the wild delight of fans. Both events were shut down by the police and went down in history. And of this, Bono has said, well, it wouldn't be the first time we copied the Beatles. And while the Beatles are likely to remain in a sort of rarefied air of their own, the Joshua Tree put you two on par with other titans of rock. Led Zeppelin, The Who, The Rolling Stones, bands who captured a sound and a feeling completely in one body of work. It is one of the world's best-selling albums with over 25 million copies sold. It went to number one in over 20 countries and went platinum in the UK within 48 hours of release. And U2 became only the fourth rock band ever to be featured on the cover of Time magazine after the Joshua Tree. The band were inducted by Bruce Springsteen into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame the first year that they were ever eligible in 2005. Worldwide, their albums have sold an estimated 170 million copies, making them one of the most successful bands of all time. You two have made many shifts in style and in music in the time since releasing The Joshua Tree, and fans have largely come along for the journey through the years. But it's songs like Where the Streets Have No Name on this album, The Joshua Tree, that represents a zenith in the band's creative arc because of the way it seized the world's attention 
and reflected an inner desire for what this band from Ireland was messaging through it. A cinematic, spiritual exaltation. The kind that only the best music can create. I'm Janda, and this has been Behind the Song. Special thanks to Christian Lane for the music you hear on this podcast. Subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Podcast One, or stream for free at WDRV.com Behind the Song or on the Drive app. Subscribe to the Behind the Song podcast on YouTube and see the video episode. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Jandalane Radio and on Twitter at Jandalane. On the way, episodes about lyrics from Procol Harum and more. Classic rock and roll. Put the power of podcasting to work for your business. You can be part of Behind the Song and reach potential customers inside every episode. To advertise your product or service by sponsoring Behind the Song, send an email to podcast at hubbardradio.com now.